0: Welcome to Tech Talk, a podcast for early-stage tech startups brought to you by SparkSense. We discuss with entrepreneurs, investors, executives to share hands-on actionable insights how to bring unique solutions to market. We talk about sales, financing, and technology. Finally meeting at One Startup Hub in Munich, we are excited to discuss the growing mobile robot market for manufacturing, interlogistics, and emerging outdoor applications. From global robotic clusters such as Pittsburgh, Zurich, Odense, or Munich, many well financed tech startups are taking on this huge opportunity. Today, we discuss how these entrepreneurs can accelerate their sales, set up a robust business development, and learn along the way. We talk with Gregor Modrian, founder and CEO of Mobotic in Munich. We also engage with both Mara Jitaru and Luca Rebezzana. Who shared a valuable experience on bringing technology to robotics and automation markets? And we will start uh, with a short round of introduction so that we get to know a bit what you do, who you are. So, why don't we start with you, uh, Gregor, and uh, if you tell us about yourself a bit and why you set up Mobotic?
1: Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, yeah, Mobotic is based here in Minfren, uh since 2019, so uh, over uh, two years now and we are focused on uh, mobile robotics Um, we don't make mobile robots but we provide key systems and components for our customers who do mobile robots so um, we started initially around the traction uh, drive systems for moving the mobile robots and uh, we are slowly adding also other um, systems uh, for for mobile robots so everything around uh, mobile robotics.
0: A very dynamic space, as we will learn very soon, I'm sure. Thank you. And uh, with, with us today, as I said, is Mara. Mara has been collaborating with you at Mobotic as part of the team at SparkSense to provide you with business development and accelerate your sales. So Mara, what did you say a few words about yourself?
2: Yeah, thanks for this introduction, Herve. Basically, my name is Mara, and I have a bachelor degree in economics at the University of Manlessandria in uh, Italy. And uh, I've been working with um, SparkSense for like five months. And um, yeah, we have this successful collaboration with uh, Gregor um, because I'm driving the sales uh, aspect regarding robotic, And so I try to basically qualify the leads and uh, provide them with some good fit for um, future customers for them to bring ahead the deal and close the sales basically.
0: Thank you. Looking forward to hearing more how this collaboration is going uh, with Mobotic. And uh, as I said earlier, today also with us is Luca. Luca, you want to say a few words about yourself?
3: Thank you very much. I am more of an additional guest today, I guess. But uh, I have been working, yes, with uh, SparkSense for uh, more than one year, almost one year and a half uh, of experience with this great team. I had uh, a great opportunity three years ago of joining the uh, ETH Zurich Robotics Master of Science, uh, and uh, which I completed, and this introduced me to the robotics and automation world, which uh, uh, is still now part of my life as I'm trying with SparkSense to bring new technologies to market and to understand both the business uh, and the technological side of these new technologies that we have today. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Thank you, Luca. And of course, we're looking forward to listening more about this bridge from technology to the business side with you today. But let's go back to, to Gregor. And uh, Gregor, maybe you can tell us a bit. Uh, you've been in this uh, business for a while now. Uh, you've been uh, in this robotic and in particular the mobile robot space for a few years already. So w- what has changed? What, what is, what is, what has been evolving the most and uh, uh, from your perspective?
1: Um, yeah. So I've been, um, around electric motors, motor control electronics, power electronics uh, um, for the whole career, let's say. Um, I spent 10 years uh, um, at uh, a big uh, industrial company where it was everything about uh, electric motors, I would say. Um, so I, I, I met uh, AGVs at that time, let's say 10 years ago, was only AGV, AGV. today we, we use more uh, mobile robots. But AGB was of course uh, popular for several decades and 10 years ago, where I first met this industry, um, it was still quite at the beginning compared to what we see today, it was a little bit, uh, let's say, um, uh, like besides material handling, besides uh, factory automation, but it wasn't like it is today. And in these last 10 years, uh, there's been a huge progress in the industry. And uh, now in the last, let's say, uh, three years, I'm complete, four years, I'm completely dedicated to that uh, market. So I I sometimes uh, joke with our customers in a way that I know more sometimes about their application that, than our customer, because I'm working with, uh, I don't know, 20-30 companies and if you work with 20-30 uh, different companies on the same challenges let's say on the same uh, application then you probably know more than one startup from the mobile robotic market we're just trying to do something uh, today
0: yeah i'm sure you so, having this breadth of view is very important for you and for your customers and you get this view of the industry and how does the, the requirements evolve from the customer side in the last 10 years? Because as you said, you've been there for, from the beginning with a growing market now in mobile robots. Uh, do you see any change in the, uh, in the expectation from the customers that the entrepreneurs have to be also taking into account as they bring their product to market?
1: Yeah. So, um, it's about, uh, of course, logistics. It's about speed. Uh, and the speeds are increasing, so let's say the movement of materials and uh, what comes together with the speed is of course also the safety aspect and I I think the safety was uh, the safety aspect and the the way how we deal with safety is probably the biggest uh, advance uh, in the last uh, 10 years, besides um, the fact that of course we are um, trying to go with mobile robot also in the outdoor, um, which brings of course a lot of challenges, uh, uh, mainly on the let's say lo- localization and navigation side of, of uh, the mobile robots.
0: It's interesting because I'm sure 10 years ago uh, the, the market was very hot on the autonomous vehicles. People were talking about cars and uh, all the technologies related to those uh, platforms. But ten years later, the mobile robot and the industry application for robots, in particular intra-logistics, seems to have been winning the, the game
1: and this is where the market is. How, what do, you, how do you see that from your perspective? It's. Uh, I think it's quite obvious because uh, it's about uh, return on investment. In the end, everything, of course, is driven um, by return on investment. And since there is a, a very uh, good return on investment, when making the transition from, for example, from forklifts to the mobile robots in the material handling industry, or from, um, let's say, in the mobile manufacturing, I think it's more about flexibility, um, where, let's say, for example, rigid assembly lines are today replaced by uh, mobile robots, uh, and this flexibility is somehow related to the mass customization, because because we know that. Today every product is customized in a way, we don't have, let's say, uh, production lines where we would produce just the same product all the time, and of course we need uh, uh, flexibility and speed, and uh, all that is possible with uh, mobile robots.
0: Which is bringing that as a, as a really m- becoming a massive industry
1: now uh, globally as well, right? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think with, uh, with uh, mass customization and with uh, online sales, uh, companies like Amazon, I think uh, they, besides of course the platform where we can buy something, mm-hmm. it's uh, the logistic behind, which is uh, in the end uh, very important so that they can deliver the value that uh, they are proposing. Exactly. And there inside it's uh, it's uh, okay automation, of course, and uh, there is one segment which is uh, mobile robotics. Exactly, which leads us
0: also to, of course, the next topic, which is uh, the your target markets. Uh, you've been working with SparkSense for uh, several months already. Uh, maybe you can talk to us a bit about what target markets you, you have you have uh, you've been addressing. Why are you focused on those target uh, customers, and uh,
1: where you are today? Yeah, so we set quite a specific goal at the beginning uh, of our collaboration, uh, and it was uh, outdoor uh, applications, so outdoor mobile robotics. Uh, we know that uh, um, there is an established market in the indoor, intralogistics logistics and uh, mobile manufacturing. This is where we are already present today. Um, but on the other side, we know that it's a lot going on, on on the outdoor uh, applications of mobile robotics. We know and we are quite realistic here that uh, this market is uh, a little bit more far away, but uh, the the collaboration with SparkSense was uh, specifically um, uh, to work with other startups. Uh, So, let's say, uh, and since there is enormous numbers of uh, startups working in this area, we decided to, to work with SparkSense uh, in order to bring us a little bit to, to, to play for us this kind of filter in the sales process because there is, I don't know, 100 uh, potential customers who need some kind of solutions uh, to, to build their mobile robot. But of course uh, um, this needs to be filtered. Uh, exactly. Which is,
0: I think, one of the key elements of a commercial approach in general, which is probably important for the entrepreneurs is uh, the focus, right? So how do we find the focus? And this is where the collaboration with SparkSense and with Mara has been important to qualify those opportunities
1: early on so that you can focus on the right, the right markets and the right companies. So that we can basically already work with uh, customers that we know that uh, there is a case behind and that we don't lose uh, too much time, which is, uh, of course, uh, precious uh, um, to work on, on real projects. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Maybe Mara, you want to maybe tell us a little bit about that, how that worked, uh, because effectively you have two sides of the, of the collaboration. One is on the inter-logistics. The other one is uh, tackling a new market, which is a lot fragmented market uh, yeah. on the outdoor, which is mainly agricultural, but obviously generally yeah. outdoor. How did you go about those two different uh, markets? Uh, maybe a different approach?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, I've noticed that in um, on the outdoor uh, market, so agriculture, there's it's very urgent the need to have a more compactness and safety application. So it's I mean, the challenge is there. It's you sense that companies need to have this kind of um, application in the indoor segment. Uh, it's not so obvious. I mean, they are not so responsive regarding uh, this application. So outdoor, I feel that there's a trend going on with this application. So um, it's sometimes easier to qualify the outdoor uh, companies uh, because you feel that they have these issues Mm -hmm. regarding um, an application, which is company safe, which is what we offer basically.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, if I remember correctly also, there there was a situation where They were already trying to do their own development right Uh, those outdoor companies trying to build their own system almost from scratch and now moving to a more industrial setup is that what also you see uh, Gregor in the in your demand from those outdoor companies yeah
1: so as i said in in this area of outdoor mobile robotics especially agriculture startups and of course uh, the first uh, proof of concept is made in a way like uh, focus on functionality but uh, once they need to let's say to to think about mass deployment and mm-hmm. really autonomous operation it it uh, becomes a question of uh, of sa- safety first of all and this is uh, the area that let's say we can bring from the experience in the indoor established industry to those customers in these new areas we we know how to handle safety for example and uh, the second part is uh, the integration Mm -hmm. Um, we somehow um, don't let's say we define ourselves as a provider of a solution and it means that there needs need to be some integration made there it's not sometimes uh, uh, it's not just about electric motor Mm -hmm. and motor controller but it's about the complete solution so we are trying to uh, develop integrated uh, solutions specifically for example for four-wheel-driven uh, uh, omnidirectional agricultural mm-hmm. mobile mm-hmm. robots, mm-hmm. Yeah. which is quite specific. But we've seen that different customers were trying to do the same thing um, with different manners. Everybody was trying to invent something. Mm-hmm. Then we said, okay, this is exactly perfect uh, test for us, this is what we know how to do. And uh, based on the partnership we have uh, on the electric motor side and on the motor controller side, vehicle control unit, and then also uh, connectivity to the -hmm. the cloud, Uh, I think we can provide a a specific uh, solution for those uh, outdoor customers. And uh, maybe
0: you can share also the your your way and your approach for commercial development, because of course you've been. You've been selling different type of technology over the years. Now you're moving much more strongly on the mobile robot side. Uh, what are things you see very important in the collaboration with us, or generally for entrepreneurs, how to set up the commercial
1: approach from your perspective? Mm, we, I mean, I have technical background. I'm an engineer with master degree actually in engineering, but uh, uh, my. Career evolution brought me more to the to the business side, um, but I'm always. Um, I think we are successful because our way of selling is like a consulting, especially to those new segments that uh, that we were mentioning. Uh, we try to provide uh, technical support. Uh, let's say from the beginning, we are trying to 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 help our customers to 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 run their development in a way. Yeah. And I think this is why, in the end, uh, we are chosen. Um, so then I think it's uh, it's uh, it's easier. It's not the way that we would have some kind of catalog and push the products. It's uh, always about uh, listening to the customer. I always say that uh, <laughs> that says it's not about talking. It's more about listening, trying to understand what the customer needs, and of course. Uh, behind what you have. Sometimes you have some, sometimes not, sometimes off the shelf, sometimes you need to Mm -hmm. develop something or in the the majority of cases, but of course it's not possible to develop everything for each customer. Mm -hmm. So you are trying to understand uh, the market, different customers from the same field, somehow accumulate the understanding and uh, let's say put this uh, field and understanding of the applications and needs on the market,
0: than mm-hmm. to
1: the product development. Okay. So, you
0: had a couple of things which were interesting, uh, moving also to, to another point. Uh, you, you mentioned your background in, in technical background and moving to business or mainly in business area. Also, the solution selling and uh, selling is listening. We like all these uh, concepts. We, we like. We think we this is very important for entrepreneurs to combine those elements. Like to open a bit for Luca to, to share what is, what is reflection on these points and how do you see this move from technical side to business side in particular?
3: Well, uh, I completely agree with Gregor. I think, uh, I come from a technical background as well. And now for the short experience I had, my, my life as well, uh, moved a little bit toward the business side. And I'm understanding now the importance of interdisciplinarity, especially in a early phase when you have to approach the market for the very first time. Uh, understanding your technology and know your customer. I completely agree with what you said. Like, selling is listening. So, know your customer very well. Uh, but also understand what you can do, what, which problem can you solve, which solution you're selling. Uh, this is, uh, it's necessary. So, you really need to have this technical understanding, at least a base level of understanding of your technology, as well as uh, knowing how to. Uh, better approach to the business side. I think this is what SparkSense does, uh, at a pretty high level. I, I interacted a little bit with Mobotic, not directly. I didn't manage the account directly, but, uh, at the end of the day is very similar. Uh, we try to solve a problem, uh, very similarly to what Mobotic, uh, does, uh, knowing with, uh, working with 30 different customers, you ended up understanding and collecting all the experience. We, in a similar way, uh, uh SparkSense works with many, many startups and we, collected the experience of uh, the challenges of approaching the market of getting the first customer or getting the second or the third customers and the first revenues and so by collecting this experience of different startups we uh, kind of understood which are these challenging uh, challenges and they really interpolate uh, what you said the importance of, uh, of listening the importance of being flexible with your product of knowing the technology and, uh, and a mixed background technical and business is uh, is, is great for, for
0: this thank you and I, I, I'd like to bounce back on, the, on another point which is uh, the fact that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs listening are bringing uh, a technology to market and some of them are very mono products so one product or one solution only and it could be it could prove a challenge because some of the prospect or customers on the other side are looking for a complete solution, integrated solution, which is ready to use. Uh, maybe you can talk a bit about what you've experienced uh, in your in your uh, work with uh, with some of the robotic players, uh, Luca.
3: Absolutely. Uh, there are different kind of cost, kinds of customers. This is why listening is so important. And uh, in the B two B tech world, uh, uh, it is uh, very important to understand that as soon as possible who we are approaching. Some companies, uh, depending also on their availability, for example, in engineering resources, well, some of them would be uh, are probably more willing to have uh, and adopt uh, or try uh, a plug-and-play solution, or uh, uh, some of them prefer to uh, have some flexibility and uh, a modular solution that they can uh, somehow adapt. To what they're doing and uh, uh, spend more time in resources and resources in integration so uh, yes different kind of customers anyway what I what I think is a is a good principle is to approach them with a w- very well-defined use case possibly with a demo kit and evaluation package something that can uh, uh, clearly define the boundaries of, or, of what uh, we can do uh, uh, it can be an MVP or we can try to bring up some references but then we really need to Uh, define a use case, go for our demo package, uh, see how this can be approached and do solution selling and value selling. So we get as much information as we can and then we disclose only later what we, what we really want and need to disclose.
0: Thank you, Luca. What what do you, what do you think, Igor, from your perspective, uh, because you, you also take this uh, multiple solution, but product portfolio Mm -hmm. approach. How do you, how do you make it successful for
1: you? Make it work for Mobotic? First of all, <clears throat> um, it's probably um, once you, you have a relationship, once you prove yourself that uh, you've successfully realized uh, one project with maybe one product, it's uh, easier to propose uh, the next one because you have this trust and uh, relations, relationship. established. But I think uh, it's very important to be careful not to, to propose too much, uh, not to take, uh, in the end, too much of the risks because uh, if you have 10 products at at one customer one will fail and maybe you can lose the trust for the rest of nine. Um, I think it's it's, uh, useful, I mean it's necessary to understand what is the challenge of the customer or let's say sometimes even problem and uh, trying to help them if you can. Sometimes, uh, of course, it's it's something that we can propose. Sometimes uh, we can refer uh, to somebody else or different kind of uh, partnerships down the road.
0: On this point, uh, what do you recommend to an entrepreneur with a starting, maybe they develop a novel uh, 3D vision system or new localization software? How do you go about commercializing this? What would be things you would do or you
1: recommend to do? I think uh, we need to be, as a startup, we cannot uh, afford to try to solve a huge problem or different problems. I think we need to be very specific in solving one problem and uh, being the best in solving uh, that problem. If we are not specific, and this is actually also the experience we have in a way Mm -hmm. with uh, some product, is that uh, um, today the advance of the technology. so fast, mm-hmm. and there are um, startups or companies solving one specific challenge, and they are well funded. So the speed of the advance is so uh, is so fast that it's actually very risky to do too much stuff, okay. and uh, in the end losing this speed as a as a startup. So would you suggest to those
0: uh, startups which are well funded, which are focused in technology, to then partner with others to offer maybe a broader solution? Is
1: that what you're yeah, depending if you are a solution provider or if you are somehow an integrator of mm-hmm. uh, different uh, solutions, I think it's, it's uh, important to know where you are in this uh, chain. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if, if you are a technology provider, you need to be very specific mm-hmm. and of course you need to then understand what's on the top. If you are, uh, if you are somehow an integrator, of course, then you need to have a little bit broader vision. Mm-hmm. And uh, be open to to integrate other uh, solutions exactly. maybe uh,
0: it opens the word to back to Mara on this topic. Uh, how do you go about uh, connecting with different people mm-hmm. in particular the if you talk to an integrator versus maybe an OEM, what would be different ways of uh, of going about bringing the solution to market?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will start saying that um, understanding the supply chain is very important. As Gregor said, I mean, you have to understand in where um, where do you position yourself, and um, specifically I remember this topic about um, chasing a company and trying to engage them, but uh, because I didn't understand very mu- very well the positioning of this company, so I thought they were like producing autonomous by robots, actually they were just integrating on in a platform who was coming from another company basically. So this is very important to understand um, if you who you target, and in fact the first thing I tend to ask when I make calls is um, do you produce autonomous mobile robots or do you integrate platform f- from another company. So this is key to understand uh, yeah who you target, what they are doing mm-hmm. basically, and then you from there you can move and try to understand if they have some challenges uh, regarding companies and safety. But first, you need to understand to have a large picture to say, okay, what do you do? Where do you position yourself?
0: Exactly. So the, the back to the point of uh, Luca also mentioning, know your customer with a big, a big focus. So for all what we do, because at the end of the day, it's going to be about solving a problem which is out there, and not uh, trying to bring just a solution to anybody out there on the market. So that that's very important. Maybe we can move to the next topic, which is obviously uh, all of this uh, working together, working, uh, bringing new technology to market, is also a personal journey uh, for each of us. So maybe we can come back to that point. Uh, From your side, Luca, uh, you've been working with SparkSense for over a year now. Uh, Maybe you can tell us a bit how you evolved, how this has changed you as a a young engineer going into that uh, business space uh, on a day-to-day basis.
3: Sure. Uh, well, uh, business development in particular uh, definitely taught me uh, many things I was not aware and uh, helped me focusing on uh, certain parameters, which are sometimes underestimated, but uh, it is very important indeed to understand, uh, especially it's such an early phase, uh, how focus is important. So we really want to be Focus. We don't really want to be to waste resources in uh, useless marketing campaigns. We really want to decide which uh, problem to solve and specifically aim for those customers we may know have this issue. Um, I come from a technical background, and uh, uh, this is one of the main things I, I learned. At the very beginning, uh, I thought, okay, I will just send a lot of emails. I will make a lot of phone calls, and volume, uh, sooner or later, will will find my first first customer. This is not really the way it works. Uh, it's good to spend sometimes once you know your technology very well. So thanks to to the technical background, this is important to know the customer to do so, to to know the market, do some research to understand which problem you can solve, focus on that one and be very focused in your outreach. This is how business development in the early phase uh, is done, in my opinion. This is what I've learned uh, after after this year and a half of experience. And uh, again, I really underestimated some some things as a as a tech guy. So uh, either you try it or uh, or you try it, because I think experience is the only teacher in uh, in business. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do business school, but uh, this is uh, many things changed since I since I began. So.
0: What about you, Gregor? You, you've been in business for a little while now, but uh, you, maybe you can recall a bit the early days of moving from the engineering into a business side. What was important for you
1: and what did you learn back then? Yeah, I previously worked for 10 years uh, for a bigger company, uh, starting like uh, in the R&D uh, engineering, uh, then project management and uh, uh, their sales and uh, in this journey, during this journey, mm-hmm. I was also um, expatriated to Mexico where I had uh, an assignment more on the operational side. We established uh, a company down there, and I was a general manager, uh, let's say, developing uh, that company basically from the uh, uh, greenfield up to mm-hmm. over 100 employees. Yes, it, it was, uh, uh, let's say would say established business it was more on the operational side but it's again it was uh, very interesting um and then i somehow felt that i want to do something on my own um i you know th- this is really personal sometimes mm-hmm. um i i just felt that um i have i had uh, somehow enough uh, of this uh let's say, corporate. Um, environment. Um, so I, I somehow decided to run, uh, to start my own company. Um, and it's, of course, it's tough. Sometimes you have better days. And sometimes you ask yourself if it's really worth uh, working that much and mm-hmm. sacrificing uh, your personal life or family life. Um, but in the end, I think uh, that's what uh, the ultimate uh, um, satisfaction, uh, it is uh, working on your own ideas, mm-hmm. uh, experiencing, uh, making mistakes, learning, and uh, it's, it's in the end, uh, life and business then becomes one, mm-hmm. because it's the same principle of mm-hmm. uh, learning, uh, progressing, so it's nice. fun in the end. <laughs> Great
0: story, thank you. And, and Mara, from your perspective, uh, you, yeah. you come with, from a business background. Uh, how did you change, evolve over the last uh, six months or so mm-hmm. working also with Mobotik, but also within the
2: and team? Yeah. So the first thing I need to like have some ideas about technical, uh, uh, the technical uh, technology we provide. So mm-hmm. it's I mean, it was tough at the beginning because, uh, yeah, not coming from an engineering side, you have to understand the key principles so it's very important to have a broad vision and to have um, that two key points to understand, okay, your technology, what do you do and um, what helps other, other companies to do basically. But also in the journey, I think this, the business development in general is a personal journey because you start from a point where you don't know how to handle, you don't know how to tackle the, uh companies, how to talk to them, how to email them, then you understand, okay, the business side is actually this way um, I mean everyone is busy everyone is evaluating ID different idea people don't respond immediately so also it teaches you about uh, patience I would say not taking things too personally Um, being uh, yeah able to wait to for also to catch the right moment for the company Um, to maybe yeah evaluate your technology basically mm-hmm. so and also about consistency I mean you see that there are times when you don't, uh, uh, like progress. It seems like you don't progress at all, but then, uh, it, I mean, it's part of the cycle of the sales, uh, yeah, sales, um, strategy basically.
0: Exactly. So there is, a there is sometimes you feel it's like in waves, right? You have a good progress and you're moving things forward. A lot of good discussion, a lot of qualification, maybe even some further offers coming on the table and then you have some time where it's very dry you, like uh, you, you don't see anything happening so it's a it's a bit of a patience but that also uh, brings uh, another point which is how do you prioritize your effort right because in this early phase uh, in this funneling of opportunities commercial opportunities how do you prioritize your 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 work back to you Rayo, how do you see the the priorities in the funnel and how do you how do you assess an opportunity what are some of the ways you do it
1: that's that's uh, difficult, of course. Um, the way how commercial uh, people evaluate is, uh, let's say, the, the commercial uh, potential behind in terms of sales and uh, quantities that you can uh, deliver in specific customer. But uh, I think it's uh, very important to somehow synchronize um, your offering, your uh, vision for the future, to those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So sometimes. Uh, we would decide to leave one big opportunity aside because we believe it's not a good match on the long term mm-hmm. for us and it's maybe better to work with smaller opportunity uh, because it's somehow matching our long-term vision of, of the product development or of the company development.
0: That brings a, b- a question. It would be, uh, are you also learning to say no to some of the opportunities and what you what you suggest how to, to do that?
1: Uh, I'm learning that I will need to learn saying no yes because uh, um uh, it's impossible to do everything um that somehow they say that the strategy is not just defining what you want to do it's more defining what you shouldn't do and sometimes it's difficult of course we get passionate it's a good idea there's a lot of good ideas on the market But you shouldn't get distracted uh, by every good idea, you need to know where you want to go and uh, you need to be confident about that way and uh, the important thing is also that of course the whole team, uh, also other uh, business partners or uh, the internal team are thinking in the same direction
0: yeah because of course there is also the topic of fulfillment right you have to be able to fulfil those qualifications. We have some a very interesting discussion with some of our clients as well of okay, you bring us some nice uh, leads and some qualification. We work together make sure that you execute it executed properly because of course, at the end of the day it has to be uh, fulfilled into a revenue. so how do you tackle this in terms of fulfillment execution on the back end
1: um understanding the customer and what's uh, behind and uh, matching that with uh, with our offering
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's dangerous for a small company to work on wrong project because during the time that you are working on wrong project mm-hmm. you are missing the one that you should address mm-hmm. probably and then uh, it's it doesn't take long to <laughs> to realize that I think and to, if not run out of money, at least uh, let's say like behind mm-hmm. the marketing way or some something like that. It's um, let's say I I've been working in um, in, in uh, let's say this uh, established sales processes. We know that we need to to follow up constantly um, the opportunity sales. Uh, uh, sales uh, pipeline, mm-hmm. and that we need to understand what we have there inside and make proper decisions yes. uh, mm. for prioritizing a specific uh, projects or specific customers. Otherwise, it's it's uh, it's dangerous. Especially the mobile robotics, it's uh, very dynamic at the moment. A lot of new companies entering, and uh, you can uh, very easily get uh, distracted.
0: Yes, a lot of, uh, it's a frag- very fragmented market. It's, it's slowly probably going to consolidate, but for the moment, there's a lot of new players coming. Everybody, as, as Mara was suggesting, everybody uh, is potentially using a platform, an existing platform and reselling it, or there is a lot of those players as well. So that's always a, a, an interesting challenge to balance the, the time you have available as an entrepreneur,
1: right, yeah. to make sure you focus but on the right opportunity. Anyway, you, are, you already know in advance that uh, there is a risk because no, not all of those companies will succeed. Um, so, you, you, sometimes we could be lucky, for example, we start with a small startup who mm-hmm. is developing something new and then they explode, they have a success on the market and we are behind them in the supply chain. So, we also become successful. There might be another uh, customer case where you believe that this will succeed, Mm -hmm. succeed, but uh, they fail, and all that work was, from the commercial standpoint of view, for nothing. But it's not true because, of course, you learned something, or Mm -hmm. maybe the solution that you were developing for that customer could be then the basis for the next one. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm in a way. how to say? I don't see a big risk today in developing uh, something. If I talk about hardware, of course, mm-hmm. because I know uh, that uh, somebody else will need it. If yes. the customer won't decide for it, for sure, uh, other uh, other will need this because, of course, in, in the end, applications are quite uh, similar. Exactly, and uh, which
0: leads me to another question. You you mentioned uh, you learn always something from those interactions, so. Always important uh, the business intelligence that you earn from the work you do uh, yourself, but also with SparkSense, you seem to. For us, we see a lot of clients who say, "Well, it's not only about getting a new client; it's also to win over some information about the market." How do you do you see that from your side? Um,
1: talking to the customer, it's always useful. Either you win the project you you get uh, some uh, revenue out of it on the long term or not you're always learning and building your uh, your business intelligent intelligence so of course uh, always we need to to understand uh, the competition also mm-hmm. and uh, talking to the customer you you get you get the feeling about uh, the competition also what are they doing and so on and. You are trying to uh, implement then uh, those findings or those uh, uh, those uh, information to your decisions uh, for the future exactly so talking to the customer it's never a waste of time but in these times uh, let's say uh, in this uh, past uh, one year and a half during the corona time um, i'm somehow missing this side because uh, before we were at the customer at least when. Before you start the meeting, you drink a coffee, you have a little bit of uh, relaxed conversations and these uh, conversations are valuable to really understand mm-hmm. and feel uh, the customer. Um, today, uh, you know, these uh, Teams, uh, Zoom or whatever meetings uh, are very focused. Mm-hmm. You you connect, you start and uh, it's... Uh, it's uh, too much focused uh, sometimes. Yes, I think
0: I'd like to comment on this because I think this is one of the risks we see uh, with some of the entrepreneurs we work with also generally is the risk of confusing presenting and selling, right? Because you effectively you have this kind of a little window uh, online session yeah. and a lot of time we, we, we try we have to make sure that we focus on the listening still, listening side, and not presenting. Is that something you, yeah. you
1: also struggle with? Um, let's say a very easy example in our um, uh, project is the mechanical integration of the drive system inside the AGV or mobile robot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very valuable uh, when we deliver the sample that we go there and we, we if not before, um, that we know how they implement, how they install it, uh, how they integrate it, uh, because you cannot get the specs uh, good quality specs especially not from smaller companies mm-hmm. say so, so you don't know uh, sometimes uh, you can have 10 uh, team meetings and you won't understand what they really need what they are struggling what uh, what is the challenge that mm-hmm. you would need to help solving it but once you go there you mm-hmm. in half an hour probably you can learn everything and you know what you need to adapt on your product to make a perfect fit uh, for the customer application. So being at the customer...
0: Remains very important, a yeah, very critical point to sometimes learn. Yeah. Mm.
1: Some, sometimes it's a little bit uh, uh, old-fashioned maybe, but uh, for for these times, <laughs> but uh, spending a couple of hours in the car or on the plane to go and see the customer... Remains very important. For, I still believe it's a return investment definitely.
0: Maybe, Luca, you have some good examples, I'm sure, of uh, sessions. uh, Well, most of it uh, we do remote, we do uh, a lot of uh, online sessions. What works well for you in a a discovery mode uh, running those sessions?
3: So, uh, yes, these uh, for me have been, they have all been online sessions because I I basically started uh, this experience with Sparksons right before Corona. And uh, these had pros and cons because uh, on the pros, uh, we have a reduced friction in having these online meetings and everyone is available and everyone now knows where we're allowed to use Zoom. And maybe they are even more available to jump on a quick call because they don't have to take uh, two hours playing. On the other side, I also think that there is a little bit of a shift in paradigm and uh, we are not fully adapted to it. And we don't notice it, but we may be, we need those uh, hour uh, hours spent maybe drinking coffee or traveling a little bit traveling a bit uh, with the customers. This is probably also very helpful in a discovery mode. Um, yes, the sessions we do online are extremely uh, useful. What I what I think is very important is to let the other person talk more than uh, than you would do. I try to follow the twenty eighty rule, so I try to speak twenty percent of the time and let. A customer talk 80% of the time. This is, in my opinion, a a great great mindset to start. And uh, and then I try to ask the right questions. It's all about questions. And uh, uh, in my case, they can be qualification questions because I try to provide qualified leads. This is uh, what we do at SparkSense. But uh, in general, trying to uh, trying to to answer to, to, to get the right answers to the right questions is uh, is a, is a step forward. So uh this is what what i usually what i usually look for and uh and then is a uh, all matter of skills and skills in business development in my opinion are matter of balancing balancing how much i should ask and how much i should talk mm-hmm. how much should i present and how much should i uh look for a presentation or mm-hmm. even just how much should i call or email that specific prospect to get him on the call
0: after a good call, how do you make sure there is something valuable happening, an action, a delivery, uh, a revenue generating point?
3: Yes, this is uh, was I, what I was referring to before uh, when I said it is important to define a use case. Uh, so, usually I try always to wrap up a lead engagement call, which is uh, an important milestone when uh, when uh, outreaching to a new client, to a new opportunity. Um, of course, I try to 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 assess if this customer, uh, potential customer, is a qualified lead, uh, which means he must be a decision maker, he must have a budget, and he must be interested in uh, in my solution, in what I have to offer. Uh, very frequently, happens to have uh, interested customers that don't really will not pursue, and this is there's risk to be the, a waste of time, uh, one of those uh, lost. Uh, deals that, uh, will make us, uh, lose a lot of money and time and, uh, and we don't want that. So I will try to qualify as soon as possible. And, and if I see there is a good match, if I see they have a problem, if I see, yes, we can solve it. If, uh, is one of those deals, uh, Gregor, uh, was referring to, yes, you know where, where you, what you, where you're going and this is, this is a, a right path, then I definitely try to define a use case to define a possible scenario. I see what's my demo kit, what's my evaluation mm-hmm. package, what's my, MVP, I can, I can provide them with and, 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 uh, we schedule the next call.
0: Great. So if I understand correctly, before such calls, know your customer, be prepared to, to, uh, to have the basics of what their problem might be. So anticipate a bit. Have them talk most of the time, 80, 20 rule, but also having a clear next step during the session so that there is a clear action plan and follow up. If not, it becomes just a coffee shop discussion, which is nice, but it's not business right it's, uh, you have to make sure Absolutely. there is a business point happening there any any a good example or inter- interesting point you want to make about experiences working with Mara or with some of your clients of running a good call or versus a call which was maybe less
1: productive um yeah at the beginning of uh, cooperation there was uh, a lot uh, let's say new contacts new interests mm-hmm. and uh, we somehow uh, learned together um, how to to, in a way, um, that SparkSense makes uh, this filtering Mm -hmm. and that we really get uh, almost projects uh, on the table. Otherwise, uh, we could be there spending all all our time Mm -hmm. just uh, talking to this number of of, uh, customers. Um, So it's uh, always about, uh, uh, let's say, first of all, some, in a way synchronizing mm-hmm. between ourselves yes. if we want to successfully work then. And it, it was quite uh, understandable that a couple of first months would be like this and now it's uh, we know each other mm-hmm. and I think we are, uh, let's say, more successful in this sense.
0: Exactly, so in general for entrepreneurs it would be to have a good uh, handover between the business development side and the sales side of the, the business so that there is a good collaboration removing basically the noise yeah. or the less
1: uh, interesting opportunities as you proceed yeah i mean for us in our case in our company i'm still some somehow in the middle mm-hmm. uh, our technical team really gets uh, the projects mm-hmm. which are already real projects exactly and, and i'm still in the middle between mm-hmm. between uh, Let's say this first filtering. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, when it's close to, let's say, a real project discussion, mm-hmm. real um, uh, how to say more design,
0: pre-sales, basically, right? A bit more the pre-sale side with uh, with more specification once requirements. Once
1: involve the technical team, of course, there mm. it's about uh, being really careful that uh, the technical team is uh, working on the right uh, project. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting.
0: Yeah, maybe back to you, Mara, and uh, effectively the collaboration has evolved. It's uh, it's interesting to see uh, uh, the growing relationship. Any things you, you do now, today, which you think uh, entrepreneurs should also, uh, you suggest entrepreneurs to do going forward in your business development activities?
2: Yeah, so first of all, I'll say some principles about business development. So understanding what um, business development is. So it's not about selling because I made a mistake in the beginning. I was pitching a lot at the beginning, and uh, I was in selling mode. And you understand that this is not the right way to do it. So, as they mention, it's all about listening, and you have you understand this after maybe uh, doing some wrong calls in which you pitch a lot, and you come across a salesperson. So this is actually valuable to understand this. So I have some, um, like maybe read something about business development that could teach you how to ask the right questions. Uh, this is important so to have a technical uh, background about business development, some how to ask, ask the right que- question and then also develop some inter, I would say, relationship skills that uh, uh, this works actually teaches you. So how to listen and also how to be persistent and consistent uh, about what you do. So it's important maybe to mix uh, the um, some technical uh, aspect about business development um, and also the relationship uh, skills, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which comes along with this uh, with business development, basically.
0: Exactly. Thank you. And I think uh, back to you, look on this topic, uh, uh, if we have entrepreneurs uh, looking to go and to develop their skills in the business development side, what would be some recommendation you would have from your side?
3: To balance, uh, the, to find the balance. Uh, there are many dichotomies uh, that... Uh, that you need to balance when uh, when you try to grow your skills in business development. Uh, if you have a tech background, that's great. If you don't have it, you should at least, as Mara did, build the minimum that allows you to understand the technology uh, upon which your B2B tech startup is based and uh, that needs your business development service. And then, uh, uh, is indeed about skills. And those skills uh, uh, are Built with experience, the learning curve looks uh, very steep at the beginning, uh, with very basic challenges like getting on a cold call and having some, uh, uh, you know, friction in doing it. Which to me now sounds ridiculous. I can pretty easily jump on a call with everyone, but still, uh, you need to avoid overconfidence because the learning curve is steep at the beginning, and then it looks like it plateaus, but it doesn't. There are always new things to learn. There is always a better approach what you're doing and sometimes you get stuck into wrong routines and you always have to question yourself if what you're doing is correct or is not because it is very easy especially one when you have been doing it for a while to enter a maybe wrong loop of um, a mechanic loop of I will just approach this list of integrators and I will just send this amount of email I will just do this and I will call this guy every Monday and this is just not the way it's a very very active process so um i don't like the definition soft skills," but it is kind of a soft skill it's always uh, it is it really comes from the gut whether you uh, should engage that particular client or not but only once you have a rational uh well-grounded business and technical understanding you need to know how the market is structured uh, from OEMs to integrators and uh, be capable to adopt both a top-down and a bottom-up approach in tackling those and also how your technologies built. Once you have rationalized this, then you can use your instinct and use and grow your skills uh, in a very uh, personal way, mm-hmm. because everyone is different. Yes, perfect.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And, and Gregor, maybe from your perspective, uh, what would you suggest for entrepreneurs to get closer to the sales to get more skilled at selling, what would be things you
1: would recommend to them? Thinking about the customer, uh, understanding the customer, so uh, not, uh, um, of course you need to think about what you have uh, in your pocket, but uh, if you don't understand uh, what's uh, their challenge, their problem, um, and match this with your proposal, then it's uh, it's not possible to, to do. A uh, business with the customer because he won't uh, decide for you. Um, All right,
0: that's it. Well, uh, I think this is a, a good way to to wrap up. Uh, uh, any any last comment you would have, a suggestion for 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 our audience uh, on the topic of uh, robotic automation being successful in this space going forward?
3: On my side, just to keep learning uh, as much as you can, and uh, yes, keep. Your uh, knowledge broad and transversal, but not too, not too much. Kind of try to be th- that one as well. Is a dichotomy you have to balance: how specialized to be mm-hmm. and how broad to be. And uh, there are a few things where you need to be very specialized, for example, in offering that very specific solution. And some things where you need to know a little bit of everything, business side and tech side. And uh, yes, grow your skill as fast as possible because the world is changing quickly. Well, with that being said, thank you, Gregor, Mara,
0: Luca, for this uh, very interesting interactive session. Uh, I think we, we understand the sales is a journey. Uh, the robotic and automation market is an exciting place to be. In particular, as Gregor said, in the mobile robotic application, whether it's indoor and obviously growing in the outdoor side. So very exciting to see that. But we also learn how important it is to stay focused Sometimes it is also to say no to some opportunities as an entrepreneur, which is always, as we know, very difficult. But uh, the other thing I, I, I noted for myself is that uh, se- selling is also a journey, is, a, is an evolution over time for the companies, how they bring the, their product to market, sometimes engaging to partnership to complement their solution and becoming more successful with some of the key players. But at the end of the day, the the, the key point I I would want to take away is really the listening, right? The listening, selling is listening. It's not presenting. Presenting is a a challenge, but it's something which is typically done later. But listening is the key ingredient in knowing the customer, finding out their real problem, and eventually, as uh, as you suggested, uh, ideally going to the customer physically because that's where you learn really how you make your solution work and complete for your, for the market. Well, thank you very much for this session. Very, very glad to have you on this talk and uh, looking forward to next.
1: Thank you very much. very much. Thank
0: you.